It's great to be with you again this morning. We continue our uh, walk through the letter of James. Today we're in the fifth chapter beginning with the seventh verse. You might remember last week we picked up on the first six verses of chapter five and and then it was a really difficult word because uh, on the one hand James is probably trying to invite the people of the early believers, the early church, many of whom were poor and disenfranchised and on the margins, saying, hang in and hang on. But there was also a very stern word for the arrogant, affluent people, and uh, a promise that one day the tables, that the, the, the table would be level and that uh, justice would be served. And so I said, you know, if you have trouble with that word, just come back this week because we'll be talking about patience. And we all know how easy that is, right? Uh, I mean, you don't know this, but every morning as part of my uh, life, I get up and I make me a cup of coffee. I go to my favorite seat, my favorite chair, and I spend a few time uh, moments in meditation and just uh, my daily devotional life. It's typically not related to my sermon prep at all. It's just a way to keep me grounded personally in the Word. And so um, that looks different in the different seasons of life. But uh, here recently, I decided that I was going to go buy me one of those daily devotional books. And I thought, I'll just start reading that every morning, and that will kind of be the guide for wherever my devotional life might take me. And, and you know, so um, I, I pulled out that daily devotional book on Monday morning and I opened it up. And as I read through the devotion or at the top of the devotion, it said the topic was patience. Patience. And I'm thinking, oh, good, patience. You know, I'm preaching on patience Sunday. So maybe there'll be something in this devotional book that'll just be so wonderful that I could share with the people of St. Mark's on Sunday. And it was lousy. I mean, you know, those devotional books, you know, like one day it's good and one day it's bad. One day it speaks to you, one day it doesn't. It's sort of like my preaching, you know. It's like, you just got to stick with it, right? So Tuesday morning rolls around, I pull out my trusty devotional book, and again, the topic is patience. And I'm saying, ah, God, I know what you got going on here. You're going to give me a good word today to share with the people of St. Mark's. It stunk too. Every day this past week, the theme of the devotion was patience on Wednesday and on Thursday, and they all stunk, and I'm finally like, God, why in the world am I reading devotionals on patience if I can't find something worth sharing with the people on Sunday? Well, I don't struggle with patience at all. I mean, it comes quite naturally to me. But every once in a while, I get tested by it. And so yesterday was one of those days. I'd been invited over to some friends' home last night to watch the Ole Miss game. And they said, you know, if you could stop by and pick up some dessert, we're going to have everything else. And so I, I, you know, I've told you, I think, before that if you want to hide my Christmas present, just sneak into my house and put it in the oven and I'll never find it, okay? So I decided I was going to go to Kroger and pick up some dessert. And so I go and I get me some of those, those tray of cookies, you know, over there in the produce department. And I, I go back up to the front and I'm standing there in the express lane. And there's like five people in front of me in the express lane. And I look behind me and there are like five people behind me in the express lane. And I look and I count the number of express lanes that this particular Kroger had. There were seven express lanes, but there were only three of them working. 
while I was sitting there waiting on my turn to be expressed, I noticed that there was one person there that had 17 items in their basket. The sign clearly says 15, right? I mean, can't we play by the rules here? 17 items in the 15 items. Now, they better be glad they didn't go to Publix. Publix only allows you to have 10 in the line, right? So that's, yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to be patient. There's another woman there. I'm pleased to report that she did only have 15 items in her basket, but she had 15 corresponding coupons to the 15. So she's just sitting here trying to get that little thing to swipe. Bleep, you know, won't swipe. She's turning it around. I'm like, good gracious, all I want to do is to buy this pail of cookies. Well, I don't struggle with patience very much, but... Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you struggle with waiting. Maybe that's hard for you. It, it, it really can be hard for me. And so the word in the scripture today is this word that's following after James has had this very harsh word for the arrogant affluent. He turns back to these early people who are a part of what was known as the way, the early Christian believers. And he says, just be patient. Be patient. Now the word, the Greek word for patience means endurance or perseverance or long suffering or patient waiting. And, and, and he's telling them to be patient. But I'm guessing just as it is true now in this fast paced, high tech, hurry up world that even back then it was difficult to be patient. Because we talked about last week that this group of people, they had become believers in the way and, and almost immediately once they responded to this word of the Lord made known to us through Jesus, they began to be persecuted for their faith. And they began to be ostracized and condemned because of their faith. And you see, they really thought that Jesus was going to be coming back pretty quickly because when he ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and get you so that where I am there, you may also be. They thought Jesus was coming back right away. That's why when you read in Acts chapter 2, everybody just decided to sell everything they had and put all the money into one pot. They didn't need bank accounts. They weren't really concerned about the long-term future. Because they were convinced that Jesus was going to come back soon. But he didn't. And so a lot of these people were tempted to just kind of fall away from the faith, you know. They thought it was going to be easier than this. They thought that that Jesus would come back quickly. And so that's why James is asking them to be patient. What I like about James is that James doesn't try to make it sound or look like that once you become a believer in Jesus that everything works out for you. I mean, James is pretty blunt about the difficulties that you will face and I will face when we are believers, when things don't happen in the way that we would like or in the timeline that we have in mind. And James is speaking into that reality here by saying, yeah, all of that's true. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be difficult days. But just be patient. 
Maybe James is recalling the, the word that he'd heard before that we find in Second Peter that says, you know what, that God is patient, Jesus is patient. A thousand days is like a day to God, and, and a day is like a thousand days. And so, so our time and God's time don't always match up, but, but, but over and over and over again in Scripture, we are told that God and, in fact, Jesus are both very, very patient people. And so James is saying the fact that Jesus hasn't come back doesn't mean that Jesus is unpunctual. It just means that Jesus is exercising patience because he goes on to say that one of the reasons why Jesus hasn't come back is because he's so patient and he doesn't want anybody to perish. And so James is saying, be patient. And what he says is while you're being patient, while you're waiting on God, uh, that there are some things that you can do in the meantime. First thing that James says here is that you can strengthen your hearts. You can strengthen your hearts. Now the word strengthen, uh, that typically means um, that you establish, support, or prop up. And he's saying strengthen your hearts. That Work on your inner disposition. Examine your emotional fortitude. Why is it that we struggle with waiting? Why is it that we struggle when God's timing and our timing don't align? And James is inviting us to strengthen our hearts. And this waiting can be tough. And James wants us to strengthen our hearts so that in the waiting we might see uh, the, the waiting for what it is. Maybe it's an opportunity for God to do something good. You remember that story in the Old Testament where uh, Joseph's been sold into slavery by his brothers and he finally has this day of reckoning where all of the brothers are face to face with Joseph now that he's become a leader And they're so afraid that uh, he's going to punish them, if not kill them or deny them the opportunity to receive food in the midst of a severe famine. And what does Joseph say to them? You may have intended this for evil, but God intended it for good. Oftentimes, in the midst of our Uh, waiting and are struggling with that weight, that there's something good that God is up to. There's something good that God desires to achieve in our lives. There are things that you can learn in the wilderness that you can't learn anywhere else. And so James encourages us to strengthen our hearts. To try to focus on what is it that God is up to in this moment. In this season of waiting. The next thing that James says to do in our text today. says don't grumble against each other. Now I don't know about you. But sometimes when I'm impatient. I like to complain a little bit. I I like to grumble a little bit. And I like the people in my life. That let me do that for just about that long. And then they'll say. All right, Tommy, I'm sick of listening to you complain. I'm sick of listening to you grumble. You can get glad in the same pair of britches you got mad in. You can can just stop complaining. 
And if you've got people that are hanging around you a lot in your life and all they do is complain, there's a really good chance that the reason why they hang around you is because all you do is complain too. Because birds of a feather flock together. And, and most of us, if we're around this kind of complaining and grumbling all the time, we're going to get sick of it. We're going to say, look, you're just going to have to shut up. It, 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 I'm tired of hearing you. But boy, if you can find some other people that like to complain and grumble as much as you do, you can just sit there and do it all day long. And what James is saying is stop grumbling. Stop grumbling against each other. Stop complaining. Stop standing in judgment. And this is that moment where in today's passage where I think that perhaps James sounds a lot like big brother Jesus. For if you remember back in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus is talking about do not judge. For in the same way that you judge, you will be judged. And you'll be condemned. And so when we pass judgment on other people, and we're, uh, then we can expect to receive that same kind of judgment in response, that same lack of mercy. And when we sit around grumbling and complaining and, and getting mad at people because they aren't doing the things that we think they ought to do, in the same way, we're going to be held to that higher kind of standard ourselves. And then James begins to provide some examples and James says, first of all, think about the prophets. A prophet could not do her or his job without being able to patiently endure. Because a prophetic word, sometimes that's a hard word to hear. It's a hard word to receive. I told you that prophets either usually end up getting run out of town or they get killed. Because the word that a prophet offers is a tough word to hear and a tough word to receive. People aren't going to like you. They are going to hate you. They are going to try to make life difficult for you. And the only way that the prophets of God could do what the prophets of God did is because they were able to patiently endure all of that stuff. And then... Um, he says an example, gives an example, I think maybe one of the best examples of patient endurance under excruciating circumstances. And he mentions Job by name. He zooms in on this guy Job, who throughout that book that bears his name was resentful for what was happening to him. He was oftentimes questioning his friends who were trying to theologize and explain why all of these awful things were happening to him. If you just listen to us, Job, we'd tell you why all this stuff is happening to you. And there are moments where it feels like James, Job is about to give up. He's, he's, he's about to just forsake God. You know, he's just weary and worn and one bad thing after another happens and it happens and it happens. And yet right when it gets to that moment, it's like Job just has this reality check and he's like, no, my Redeemer still lives. And at the end of that awful story, all of these awful things that happened to Job he is able to say that God was at work and he is better for 
what he endured. I don't know that I could say that in some of the things that I've encountered. But he never lost his faith. He acknowledged his doubts and his sorrows and his fear and his resentment and his anger. And yet he held on to that faith, flickering though it may be, and came out stronger on the other side. I think James, as he's telling this story or or saying these words today in the letter, he's thinking about Jesus. I mean, how patient is Jesus, really? I mean, we could just go through the Bible story after story after story about how patience, slow to anger and abounding steadfast love is what God is. And we're told again that that one of the reasons why Christ hasn't come back is because he's so patient and 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 that he doesn't want any single one to perish. You've got people like Thomas. He wasn't around for that post-resurrection appearance when Jesus appeared in the upper room and all the disciples got to see the wounds in his hands and his feet and his side. And later they're telling Thomas about it. And Thomas says, I don't care what y'all have seen until I see it with my own eyes. I'm not going to believe it. And, and Jesus might have had every reason in the world to say, well, you should have been here the first time I did it. But instead, the next opportunity that Thomas is with the disciples, Jesus appears again and in a loving and patient way allows Thomas to see what all of the other disciples had the privilege of seeing in that first post-resurrection account. It's tough to live a life of faith sometimes. It is tough It's a hard struggle to wait when things are happening that we just don't like or we don't see the good in it and 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 it's frustrating and it creates anxiety. And so the word of James today is to just remind us that that our God is in control. That our God loves us. And just be patient. Now, I don't know what's got you impatient today. Um, It's hard to wait. I mean, even Tennessee wins an SEC football game every once in a while, right? So you wait patiently until it happens. Maybe you're struggling with um, a child. Giving you a lot of trouble, a lot of sleepless nights. You don't really know what to do, how to respond. Be patient. Seek to strengthen your heart. Maybe stop grumbling and complaining quite so much and start listening to what God may be saying. Just start seeking what God may be doing. Maybe that's the words you need to hear today, regardless of why you're struggling. May God grant us the patience to wait. Let's pray. God, in this fast-paced world of instant gratification, 
I think it's becoming more and more difficult to just wait. Because we want it. And we want it now. So it's tough for us to wait on you and be patient. It's tough for us to believe that when what we want or what we're praying for hasn't been answered, that you're still at work. And that you can bring about something good. And that in our waiting, that we might actually be made stronger. We're going to need your grace, oh God, to be patient. We're going to need your grace to. While we wait, strengthen our hearts and stop our complaining and start listening and start seeking what you're up to. Your presence in our life does not depend upon our perception of it. So give us that grace to wait until we see you. This we pray in Christ. Amen.